1: This is Bruce. This is Trav.
2: And this is Jonathan.
1: Welcome to Gaming on the
0: Frontier, your podcast of dying a horrible, uh, terrible death with agony and suffering, and in the distance, giggling.
1: (laughs) They can't believe that they pulled that lever instead of the other one. They cut the blue wire, not the red.
2: At least it wasn't a boulder.
1: (laughs) Welcome
0: to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about traps. Okay, you know, what's the good things we can do? What's, you know, what do we what do we want to do for these players?
2: Well, one thing is you can um, use them to help fill out the lore and the history of this dungeon or the traps creators, like who built it and why. Right. Because, like,
0: for example, dwarves, they have stone cutting, right? Yeah. So you can expect that any trap that was is of dwarven construction is going to have a certain look and feel and 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 uh, uh, you know uh, identity. You know, it's made certain ways because that's how dwarves make things, right? Oh well, yeah,
1: it, it's like with uh, gnomes. And again, in, in my campaigns, let's say if your entire campaign is medieval. The gnomes always know the next tech level higher, which would be renaissance-level tech. Gears, gears, cogs, springs, clockwork. The gnomes are known for that, like the dwarves are known for stone, stone and earth traps. I have my gnomes. Yeah, those are the real intricate traps, the mechanical-based ones. They might do magic, mostly illusion, because it's usually the convention, that's what gnomes do. But the gnomes are going to be the ones with the relatively high tech traps in a standard fantasy game.
2: Well, that reminds me of um, Skyrim. Uh, when I've played that recent, uh, well, I say recently, it's probably been at least two years. But they were, depending on what type of dungeon you were going in there, you 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 would encounter different themes to the traps. The Dwimmer had their mechanical traps. The the Falmer had their organic bug part traps. Uh, regular other humans would just have metal and spikes and, and and bear traps and stuff like that. You could tell who made the trap by what it looked like.
0: Yeah, the Red Wizards would have magic.
1: Yeah. By For the sure. way, folks, refer to our adding Frenchworthy worthy to Skyrim episodes that Jeff DeRef and Pixie were on to, you know, more about Skyrim. So, uh, yeah, it was a while since I'd heard about Skyrim. You're throwing these names. Oh, yeah, we did episodes on those, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. So it's you know it's basically it's telling you it, uh, ab- about who was willing to work you know I mean it it, it just depends on the setting but I'm saying is it this was like a great overlord in the past, then you would know that you know hey, if this got gunpowder as, as a trap in it, then probably gnomes. Were involved if it's yeah. got stone-cunning type traps, and dwarves were involved if it's got like uh, uh, you know um, uh, arrows, uh, uh, darts that were thrown out by uh, uh, bow type uh, devices. Uh, you know, like uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's it's basically it. You put all these arrows in these slots on this like pegboard. And then there's this big flat board that's on a spring or it's bent back on a, a tension type device. And you cut, you release the cable and it comes up and smacks the back of the arrows and you get a whole flight of a, like t- 50 or 100 arrows flying out.
1: I think they just call that, a, I think the term that they use is murder room or a murder corridor where you're well, walking. Well, this is actually
0: used as a siege weapon.
1: Oh, it was, it was oh. fired
0: against a, a troops. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, I've seen that, yeah.
0: Right. Anyways, the point was is that, you know, if it's like a bent wood kind of thing, you know, uh, it's you know, this really strong and compact, it's probably elvish design because that's their deal. They're into the woodworking and, and braiding wood together and, and putting all kinds of, of protectants on it so it could last the ages you know so you'd know that elves were involved so and you so if you're in a dungeon with all these different kinds of traps you know that this guy and i and i'm being just very generic on the, I'm not saying it couldn't have been a woman uh or an it or an automaton i mean whatever you know it was very well connected with all these different artisans to be able to do this so that tells you about the person that you are essentially uh, butting heads with, you know, from a standpoint of trying to defeat their defenses, okay? Um, it Sometimes it, it'll, uh, and, and a lot of uh, uh, things, uh, a lot of traps and such, they're decorated, okay? And so they may have things on them saying things like, "All oh, fear the great and powerful overlord who did this, you know, might be on a, a big, you know, s- pillar that drops down and tries to crush you. You're like, well, look at the, let's get Charlie out from underneath the pillar. But now that we've done that, look at this story about this guy. It's just, it's just, we were always wondering what that uh, uh, that ruined fortress was, hundred miles to the east. This guy took it out. That's why it's no longer standing there. Because and you can use traps to basically pass on information, even important information. You know, lore, as as Jonathan said, lore about this particular guy because maybe, you know, it's not, uh, this, there's a lot of information that isn't very well known about this particular person. So, uh, and of course, a lot, it's, a lot of it's going to be intimidating, you know, says, look upon my works in despair or fear, you know, your lives are forfeit if you go any further. So, you know, you do a lot of trash talking too. So, you know, have, have a, a have magic mouths that suddenly appear and say things. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, you want to use it to tell them, you know, to tell the players about who they're facing up against so that when they actually meet this person or come against the final challenge, they feel like they know what they're dealing with. Okay. And it may not have been especially important if they are really stupid and never did any legend lore kind of stuff before coming in here. Didn't ask for any rumors. Just said, "Hey, I heard there's this dungeon to the east is filled with gold and and stuff like that." And the, and the, and the, and the local tells people says, "Why, yes, it is." He says, "But you better go there well equipped. But we have a we have a store full of supplies for dungeoneering type people. Why don't you come on over and we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get you stuff, you know and <laughs> They don't bother, they just try to you know, they try to sell them their most expensive stuff because yeah. they know they're not coming back.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, so much for the reti- repeat customer. Yeah, they're in, right. in the second world setting, there is a group of and oh god, what do they call them? Well, the name of the firm is Tempest Argon. And what they are, they consider themselves forensic archaeologists. They will research the holy crap out of a dungeon that they know is there. They will do legend lore, they will find maps, they will consult sages, because it even says in the entry in the SWSB for Tempest Argon, people who go into dungeons unprepared deserve to die. These This, this Tempest Argon, and, and you all know I use the Second World Sourcebook extensively, folks, and the setting included. Yeah, Tempest Argon, they will. They'll spend weeks researching a dungeon any way they can. Magic, they'll go to sages just so they know as much as they can before they walk in the door, which that's playing it smart. And that's why in this setting, Tempest Argon, yeah, they're known as a bunch of, you know, on a good day, forensic archaeologists and on a bad day. No, you're just grave robbers who read books, but right. they're the ones that come back with the sacks of treasure.
0: Right. And and I, I know what, uh, you know, uh, our, our gentle listeners, I know what you're thinking. You're saying is that we're playing low-level characters, we spent all our money on equipment. We can't afford these guys, they're not going to help us, you know, they're going to be wanting some pretty penny. And the answer to that is percentage of the take. Okay. You go to them, you say, you give us all the information you have on this bigger place, we'll give you, and then you negotiate for it: 50%, 20%, whatever you think you could get. And it, it serves two purposes. One is A, it connects you with people that have good information. Two, it, uh, uh, it gives you a resource you could not afford. Three, uh, it's, uh, they are, it's in their best interest to give you the best information because otherwise they don't get paid. Right. Yeah. You know, so these, th- so this is a good thing, you know, and I, I can't tell you, I, i never, and nobody ever does this, okay? In any game I've ever been in, goes to them and says, "Hey, you know, give us all this the sage, give us all this information, and we'll we'll give you our, uh, a percentage of what we get." Because usually the GM's like, "No, the sage price is a thousand gold pieces per day of research, and if you don't have it, he's busy. He's busy with customers who do." You know, so don't be that GM. You know, help out those players. You know, and you know, give get and uh give yourself a resource that you can use to throw some more carrots out in front of the players without having to use some ham-handed you find a dead body uh, uh, uh on the road and it's got a treasure map in his pocket yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh and i and i'm 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 looking at you you know uh uh you know water deep
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah
0: yeah, the uh, I can't remember the name. It's it like the dungeon of and it like D, uh, Dwellmer or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it was like like north and east of Waterdeep. It's like one of these introductory type adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and you go into the dungeon and. Yeah, and I'm just saying you wasn't
1: like yeah, wasn't like Blackstaff's dungeon, the character No, Brian? it
0: actually has started with the town had a d name uh started with a d. I can't remember what it was, but you were you're but supposedly you're uh you're you're being hired by this guy and his two brothers who are all dwarves because oh, they're third
2: fandelver.
0: You're probably right. Cuz that's what all I'm right. running
2: my uh my wife and yeah. son through right now.
0: Okay, okay. You know, it's got all the, it's got all the, uh, well, I don't want to say anything that they might hear. So, but anyways, what I'm saying is, at some point you run into, like, this body on the road and it has important information on the body. <laughs> like, oh, good thing they found that. <laughs> good thing no, no wolves drug that body off into the weeds yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and chewed it to bits or something like that or, or you know, something else. Anyways, um, <laughs> the uh, okay, so yeah, you you can learn about people, you know, uh, by the traps and the and, and it'll tell you it'll tell you what tech level uh, the uh, uh, the particular person we're talking about, and uh, you know if, if all you're running into are like you know uh, uh, manure smeared pit traps. Well, you know, you're talking some pretty low-level tech, as, as Travel's talking about. You've seen a whole lot of of, of uh, clockwork type devices. Then you know that you're this person has a fairly high level, relatively high level of tech compared to what it could be. So, uh, it's it, it's you, you you're teaching the players, uh, you know, and it also says, hey, if they if they got this kind of level, t- then that we need to start thinking about, you know, what kind of things we're gonna run into you know, things that we might need to watch out for. Because I don't, I mean, you know, theoretically you could have manure-covered pit traps right next to the uh, spray-you-with-scalding-steam trap, but I don't think that makes a whole lot of
1: sense. There's no verisimilitude there. It's just, that's the GM. Oh, I'm just throwing traps together just for the sake of having traps and... Yeah, yeah, verisimilitude is important in your games. I, I, yeah. w- I, w-
0: I want to have variety, so I'm going to pick one from column A, B, C, D, E, and right. F. Right, yeah. <laughs> in no particular order.
2: <laughs> and as we're so, discussing yeah. this, I'm already thinking of how I could justify breaking those rules. Because, like, I can auto- automatically imagine you have the one, like, the the, the steam trap and the. The little tribe of kobolds that have moved into this dungeon have realized that sometimes the creatures that make it through that are a little weaker, so we'll put another little trap right behind it just to finish them but off. We,
0: but we only know how to make the the, the poof exactly. smeared uh, pit
2: pitch. Yeah, right. we don't yeah, know the, how the to make the those punchy stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. sticks.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm not saying you can't work with it, but I'm just saying is that you know you uh, and uh, so and it, it tells you as we mentioned how much wealth you can expect to find in this dungeon because if you know if they've used if they use five million gold pieces worth of traps to protect what's in the dungeon, you should expect there to be something worth five thousand gold pieces. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. At the other yeah. end it could be information, you know, it could be more of a high tech kind of thing. It could be information. It could be you know, an artifact. It could be, could be the uh, true
2: name of that demon you're trying to get control yeah, of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. True names are always important. Yeah. You
1: know. Oh no, no. If I if I was going through a dungeon with all these traps and then I find out what's being guarded is nothing, I would be more PO'd than Ralphie when he Ralphie in a Christmas story when he decoded that message. I right. would. I'd be just okay. like are yeah.
0: Right. Drink right. your so you own. Yeah. And and you know, the players the, the 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 sniggering grins that are on their faces when when they come into the dragon's lair the the um oh um the green dragon's lair you know uh, ancient green dragon and it's it's like you know I I'm uh, you know I'm going to destroy you all now you're weak and and, and ineffectual against me he says uh, uh, there's nothing you can say to me that could possibly make any difference to save your lives. And one of them stands up and says, is that right, Stinky? And he's like, oh, how did you know my true name? <laughs> you know your own traditions. Anybody who knows your true name can get uh, can get a boon from you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Give us your stuff.
0: It could be give us your stuff. It could be leave this kingdom alone or or, or just leave it it could be uh throw yourself on the side of the king in this upcoming battle against invaders from the north i mean there's so many things that you could ask as a boon and it's all because you got that true name from that stupid dungeon that stupid trap filled dungeon off in some hinterland somewhere where the the in ancient times the uh green dragon had uh had grown up there and uh uh let slip to the local the local king his true name, and it was stored. And it was promised: I'll no one will ever find it. I'll take it with me to the grave, and you find it
2: in his grave. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he was honest.
0: He was, yeah, that was fair. That's what you know, they say. That's an honest cop. Yeah, <laughs> over in in Britain. Okay, so uh, and then of course you know, uh, it's, it's not just wealth and tech. He also lets you know what access they have to the supernatural forces, you know, like magic, you know, what kind of, you know, do they have access to magic? Does this person, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's is like, is, is this is like super, super magical, this place that we're in, you know, do, do we need to, uh, start carrying a whole lot of dispel magics, with us and and a whole lot of detect magical traps and not worry so much about the physical traps because everything, you know, because all the traps were ensorcelled, you know, because I know that in some, in some dungeons, that's the way they go. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to bother with things like clockwork devices and such. You know, you look at this wall, there's a rune on it. Boom! (laughs) Your eyes are streaming down your face. You know, power word blindness. Yeah. You know, especially if you break the rules and you have magic mouth say it which they're not supposed to be able to do but hey you know you're the gm you know what i'm saying
2: deep the it's darkest deep, magics
0: advanced magic mag, magic mouth <laughs> that can actually say say spells
2: that's a level 10 spell oh, for you
0: right yeah. and of course if you if somebody actually has a god you know uh, Showing favor to the construction of their their fortress or whatever like that, then they might have added extra supernatural, miraculous type type defenses. you know maybe the the walls will absorb you. Uh, maybe there are certain places where you can only get there from one to another by saying the name of the god and then passing through the wall. I mean that's you know that's a, a very useful type of of defense to have where only you know the the devout it, 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 all, either devout worshipers can pass through the wall or uh means you'd have to have a passwall spell to be able to do it otherwise or uh someone has to at least acknowledge you know ask the boon from the god and of course know that that's what's necessary to get through the wall at that location so um uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you as these things happen, you learn about the person who built the dungeon, who built the fortress, you know, and uh, hopefully by the end of it, you'll have a, a great deal of respect for them, because they've got to be pretty awesome to be able to have all that cool stuff, right? One would hope. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, as you examine all these traps and things like that as you go through, what... You know, what, what is the benefit of examining these traps rather than just getting through them and moving on to the next encounter?
2: Well, usually, unless you're dealing with a truly devious dungeon architect, most of these traps are going to have similar mechanisms. They're going to reuse the same tricks over and over. So you figure out one track that, trap that gives you advantages on the next four or five or ten.
0: Right. I mean, you know, is is every... Pit trap. If it's hidden the same way, then that's a tell that should tell you something. <laughs> you know, is it? Uh, you know, is it? Is, is it always going to be like ten feet from the, the 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 corner of the dungeon? You know, then you don't have to worry about the corner. You just turn around the corner and go up and check. and And uh, can you, can, if you can defeat it by by uh, uh, you know uh, pole vaulting over it? Because they're never more than ten feet wide, then that's that can save you a lot of time. Rather than you know, or at least you know you you can you can check for it, but uh, you don't have to spend you don't have to assume that the entire length of the corridor is one trap after another, you know, without any reason to think so, you know, or uh, you know if if this is an active. Um, uh, an active fortress where you've got guards and people moving around, they have to be able to disable these traps in order to be able to effectively move through those areas. There might be uh, a hole in the wall that you basically stick in a, 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 a flat piece of, of metal and turn it clockwise twice, and everything gets locked up. They go across to get the other side, turn it counterclockwise twice. Everything is now active again. If you know that, well, you've got, uh, you know, you. that's a lot of traps you don't have to have to deal with. Mm. It's a lot of resources that you don't have just to Just skip
2: merrily along to your goal.
1: Right. That would be the whole thing of why Tempest Argon researches traps and dungeons, because they want to find out things like that. Oh, we need to just turn this dial that's hidden behind the wall, this fake wall here, three clicks to the left, and it shuts everything off, we can go. Because... Again, this is verisimilitude here, folks. You're going to get... Uh, you're not going to get... Well, I don't know. You might get the the guy who wants to build the traps and, oh, I want all of the best trap smiths in my kingdom to build this for me. You're usually going to get one guy, the best of the best, to get your traps made for you. So he's going to have... Because he's into mechanics and everything, he's going to have his own systems. He's going to have his own... What's the word? I guess mechanical shorthand. Would be yeah, the best way to describe it. He, yeah,
0: he's going to have his own uh, philosophy of trapping.
1: Yeah, right. So he's he's going to do this, and of course, because he makes these traps, and while he's building them, he don't want to set them off himself. He's going to have you know something akin to a master key. Which okay, I need to get through here. Okay, you know this will shut this off, and this will yeah. But it's still, and also it's just the basis of mechanical engineering itself. A lot of things have certain easy, and I'm I'm no techie or, you know, mechanic in any way, shape, or form. It's just they're going to, there's still the rules of mechanics and physics and whatnot that should make things relatively easy to get through if you just know it. So, yeah, you're going to have that, and just, it's going to be where, you know, the master switch, so to speak, in one form or another.
2: Maybe these traps were made by. Some super advanced goblins, and so you know they're made so that if you're goblin weight, you won't trip them. But anything bigger,
1: meow. ooh, yeah, oh, I like that one. Yeah, pressure plate sent. Uh, well, but that means sent also halflings and gnomes are going to get through there. But well,
2: know. that's why they have the other traps. Yeah, yeah, they're worried more about the orcs and the humans.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many adventuring parties I've run into that were solely populated by gnomes and halflings. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs>
2: There's always somebody who says I'm going to be an elf. Gonna- we're going to run a party <laughs> of dwarves. I want to be a halfling. You rat.
1: Well, yeah, because then you're going to be walking through town. And you got people going, "Oh, look, it's the lollipop guild." Yeah, get get out of here. Yeah, you know they're, a they. Little, you're not going to hey, see hey that. Hey, little
0: girl, you know. You know, uh, this is your mommy looking for you? Why are you stabbing because me? In the knee? Ow! 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 Because you know, again, in, in depending upon your lore, you know, your halflings may literally look like just miniature people.
1: Well, yeah, 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 mm, yeah. And it's like, it's like,
0: and you know, and, and of course, whenever you know, and, and if you're in anime, all your wa- wafus look <laughs> are exactly yeah. like that.
1: No, yeah. let, let's see what other what other, I'll try to think of one more joke for you. The next thing. Yeah, we know you guys aren't going to amusement park. None of you are tall enough to ride the rides. No, don't ah, hurt me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay, we apologize to all our high challenged listeners on that on that segment.
0: Well just remember that the you know the, the dwarves get like a uh I mean you know the halflings got like a plus three on missile weapons, and you know a lot of them the small uh, when you got even smaller sizes like sylphs and stuff like that. They got major AC bonuses and bonuses to hide and things like well, that. Well, yeah, Especially yeah. their small size, so you know, uh, uh, and so, and there's there's nothing more. Oh, just just more. Um,
1: Embarrassing than that no, you got your butt kicked by somebody. tiresome
0: and and, and, and painful than uh, uh, being a full sized human in a uh, a gnome or halfling house because every time you sit up you bang your head against the ceiling yeah below. like
1: Gandalf and Bag End yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I mean right against those cross beams not the yeah. not the actual roof but the cross beams you crack it into them and stuff and, and the, or the chandelier he did right yeah, yeah. and uh, you know the it's. I'm just saying. Is you know. Is if you go and stay with somebody, you know, they, they make they make this, the humans make fun of of the small people, you know, when they come to visit. But boy, the small people equally make fun of the humans who are just because they're in the wrong size. They seem so clumsy, so awkward, so destructive. And that's why
2: you have a shrink spell. I
0: mean, that's great. Yeah, of polymorph if you're or a first level character, you only, it only reduces you by like what what twenty yeah, percent? maybe. So you get like a foot and a half smaller. <laughs> I mean, if you're six foot, you're now four and a half. You're still not under three. So, well, you're you know. tall
1: as a dwarf. I mean, you know, and uh, that yeah. much less a duck. Yeah, yeah. I'm just,
0: I'm just saying, it's, uh. it's, it's it's good to have if you need, you know, these kinds of techniques sometimes require higher level casters. Yeah, Yeah, you know, But uh, anyways. All right. Um so and of course, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of traps, you know, unlike the first edition D&D type things where they were all save or die. I mean, almost all of them were unless you know, I mean, unless they were physical like you take 10 points, 6 points of damage for falling and another 6 points, but like things that have like uh, electricity or they had they had poison or they had other things like that. They were all these save or die and there's a lot of traps that should be literally traps as in capture capture traps okay because a person you know who dies of hunger trapped in one of those traps is just as dead if you if you rammed a a, a, a stake through them okay yeah. but if it's if it's a more active type of a scenario then the defenders get a chance to capture you interrogate you which can be used a la Black Widow, he's telling me everything I want to know. You know, the interrogators are interrogating her, but she's actually getting all the information out of them. Uh, they're trying to get information about you. What, who are you? Why are you here? Who sent you? You know, um, kind of thing. And that's, you know, th- so the, the smart defenders don't want to kill their sources of information until they've wrung all the information out of them. So a lot of traps should be non lethal. But.
1: And- and now I'm reminded of episode six of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, <laughs> the snare, the net trap that Chewie set off because great, Chewie. Great. Always thinking with your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <That whole laughs> Where they're all in the net and they're all like Han's faces in one hole, 3PO's legs sticking out there. And yeah, they they, they weren't hurt or anything. They're just hanging in a pile yeah and that also
2: I'm reminds sure. me that you know sometimes you're, you're wanting to catch these people alive because you got to feed fluffy
1: right sometimes you need to feed yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: well it kind of it kind of made me wonder at the end of jedi it's like okay yeah they're having a fire they're having a celebration and they're all these stormtrooper helmets that they're beating on for instruments wait a minute what is dinner hold it wait a minute <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. See you these know, are
1: the things that come back to haunt me about my one of my two top favorite fandoms twenty, thirty years later. Like, wait a right. minute, I'm seeing them beating on these up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. The I always think that, you know, if if you're gonna eat if you're gonna eat your uh your captives, it's best to have your captives walk back to your camp on their own. <laughs> Rather than you having to drag them there, you know, their their carcasses. You know, or, you know, it's just, uh, it just seems. What, more. to build up muscle tone? <laughs> no, well, no, just the fact is that you don't have to drag them there. You can have them carry the treasure or other things with them. And then when you get them to camp and you don't need them anymore, that's when you slaughter them and eat them. Oh,
1: so slave labor and dinner. Okay, yes, I got it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, wow. if you're
0: okay with eating people, then, you know, a little bit of forced labor probably isn't isn't going to be outside your wheelhouse. Wow,
2: Orc Rules of Conquest one hundred and one.
0: I didn't read that. us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one hundred and two is really All right. Hard, though. Right, uh, course, you know, and of course, the very thing that we said we hated so much up at the top, saying traps are really bad when they take away resources from the uh, uh, from the players, it really cheeses them off and stuff like that. You know, it also can be used to give those resources to your big bad. So, uh, so you, you end up with your goblins, you know, sporting, you know, rods of lightning bolts and stuff like that suddenly because the player characters were foolish enough to bring them in and lose them. So, but, you know, light touch here. Okay. You know, don't, you know, make it,
1: make it only of a certain caster level. So if you have the really, really high powered stuff. It'll take that, but you still have most of your magic items. I would say that.
0: Right. One of the uh, modules that cheesed me off more than any of the other modules was the Ghost Tower of Inverness. Because when you get to the very top of the tower, you know, and you're facing off against the big bad, there's this crystal or something, and it shines out. And like 80% of all your magic items suddenly become denatured, completely destructed. Oh. Okay? And I mean, I had plus, I had uh, plus six split mail and a plus six shield.
1: Yeah, basically they become masterwork.
0: Yeah. Well, the point is, is that I went from a a negative three armor class to like, you know, fifth. Yeah. (laughs) Five. I mean, people had to roll 20s to hit me. Now they're not even bothering. You're just saying, I think I hit you. It's like, I was so, and, and of course, all my potions are gone. Uh, any wands that I, I was playing a fighter type, but I had things like boots of springing and stride right, and stuff right. like that. All the stuff that I had spent eight levels collecting to make myself an awesome character, almost all of it destroyed at one go. And I'm like going, you SOBs, you know, who, th-? and of course, and then the thing is, is that, you know, I find out at the end, this is a tournament dungeon.
1: Ah, uh. it's
0: designed for throwaway characters. Yeah, you're supposed to do this and then they're trying to fight the big bad with almost no resources. That's, you know, and just and and to see if, if they can manage to get through to the end, okay? In a campaign, that's this is super suck. This is yeah. terrible. This is, never should be there. So, um uh, so th- that's what I'm saying, though, is, is that, you know, this part should... Whoever was running this adventure should have... No, we're not doing that. They get to go up, they get to fight the big bad, it's over. Okay? Or if I do something to them, it's temporary. Okay? It's like a dispel magic that causes your magic items to stop working, but then after a period of time, the Dwellmer comes back. I mean, you know, it to permanently destroy magic items that people have literally spent like a year. Because in those days, you know, it took you about a year to get to 10th level and then another year to get to 20th level. Yeah. You know, so two years you could get a, a, a character all the way up to the maximum level that you could effectively be. You know, so it's a, a year's worth of solid effort week after week, six hours a week adventuring and have it destroyed with a you know with a a couple of die rolls, just super super bad thing to do. The the, the what you know, the epitome of what we don't want you to use traps for.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: so yeah, and that happened to me, and I was like, you know, now, you know, I was with a bunch of you know rules lawyer slash power gamer slash whatever who were called upon the gods to, to get protection from this or that or change it back, whatever. So I just, you know, it was a super overpowered campaign I was in. So I literally just went out and I had a 55-gallon drum of uh, Oil of Etherealness, which yeah. is like 5,000 gold pieces of dose and a dose is like two ounces. It's a 55-gallon Yeesh. drum. Oh, jeez. I just basically bought it all back, but I shouldn't. I, a, I shouldn't have been able to do that in a reasonable campaign, and B, it never should have happened in the first place. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, I never, I shouldn't have had a fifty-five gallon drum of oil of on this. Yeah. And what, what level was your character when I got it, or when it, or when this happened?
1: Well. That you went through this, and you also had a fifty-five gallon drum of oil of etherealness.
0: Okay. Well, this character, okay, uh, this was eighth level. The the uh, uh, dungeon, the the, the uh, Ghost Tower of Inverness was uh, for eight to tenth level characters. Okay. So I was at the low end of it. Uh, and and the funny thing was, is it was the like the first adventure I'd ever gone on that I was of the appropriate level for the dungeon. Okay. First level, ancient red dragon.
1: Oh jeez! Okay, third level, demon web pits. Are with you wolf. a
2: masochist? <laughs> Please I'm not.
1: no, no, no! Please tell I, me I, that you do not associate with this game master in any way, shape, or form anymore. Not anymore. Oh you know? good.
0: Oh, you, we haven't gotten to, we haven't gotten the fifth level yet. Oh, it gets better. Oh, by yeah. all means, Stormbringer. Oh jeez! <laughs> I had a big scar on my character by getting sliced and lost half his levels from that. Didn't uh-huh. lose all of them though. Okay, and then you know, and and then I managed to go from fifth to eighth reasonably, and I was, and I actually went into a dungeon where I should have been at a re, you know, should have been pretty, pretty good standard heroic dungeon kind of thing, and and then this happens. I was like, man, what is up with this? <laughs> so his uh, the character finally reached name level at tenth, finally made it to tenth level. And that's kind of like where I, you know, the the campaign, you know, everybody graduated or did something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying. It was very common in those days for people to say, okay, you know, we're just all going to go. All of our characters are like 20th level, even though my character is only 10th. You know, it says, so we're just going to finish off the campaign. So, of course, my character gets to watch them do these awesome tournament stuff, you know, and then my character is. He's just he's just put away into his nice little, you know, permanent character record folder. Time stuff. to yeah.
2: retire to the farm.
0: Well, yep. yeah, and I, I bring I would bring him out to play him at conventions. So that's oh true. okay, yeah. Because you know I don't care if I mean he doesn't he can't die in, a, in, a, in a, at a convention as far as I'm concerned. It's not part of any campaign, right? So you know it's like I'm just playing this character. He's my you know so anyways that, uh of course now getting into a first edition. <laughs> or a second edition D and D game is is actually gotten a lot easier than it used to be because all these people want want to go retro. But yeah. you know, for the longest time, I couldn't I, I couldn't even play them because everybody was playing third or fourth, and now fifth. So, but anyways, uh, that's so. I'm just saying, is that you know we don't do that. Um, but yes, you know, uh, uh, it, it's it's sometimes kind of fun to take. Take a certain number of items away from the player characters, and then you know, and, and have them be used against them at the end of the dungeon. But they do get them back. That's the point. They defeat the bad guy, which they're supposed to do, because that's how you design these adventures. Then they get their stuff back, and plus some more, and everybody's happy. Okay. Um, and um, and the final thing that the the benefit of traps are is is that by is that assuming that there are multiple... It isn't like a single path through the dungeon. Right. That there's multiple ways people go, and therefore different kinds of challenges that would be available in different locations. The way the players go through the dungeon tells the defenders what kind of people they're up against.
1: Oh, no, and I could see that. I mean, you could do it in a fantasy game. You could have... The big bad with a crystal ball, and he's following these adventurers. Going, oh, okay, I see it doing this. Okay, and it gives him time to plan without it being meta. And you're, you know, oh, you're using GM knowledge and not mp Or in a modern scenario, you have hidden cameras, and that person is there. He's there like Ozymandias with like forty TV screens, or like the <laughs> architect in the Matrix. Yeah, then he sees watching.
0: all at the same time and has yeah, no Ozymandias, trouble. Separating. Yeah. yeah. And just, Smartest or, man in the world.
1: Or just yeah, and they're just watching, going, Oh, he did that. Okay. Oh, and he's making notes, you know. Right. If again, all and, the, yeah, if they
0: always go for the let's beat them till they're dead, then you know that they're primarily a, a, a fighter assault type. Group yeah. with with support, okay. But if you see them sneaking around very quietly, using guile and stealth to defeat traps and 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 leave those big set pieces with monsters alone, then you know that they may not be the most powerful of fighters, but they and they have a lot of resources in defeating magical traps um, yeah. and other things like that, or figuring out riddles. Or other things. So, you know, these kinds of things are can be designed to inform the big bad what kind of opponents they're up against.
1: And they may have put the they may have put those traps up mere not even to, oh, I'm using this to, you know, protect my treasure from being stolen. No, I'm drawing them here and I have these traps, so I'm gauging them. This is their test. I want to see what these people can do and how they do it. Yeah, that's for people who like, come hither, ad- heroes, I wish to fight you. You have to come to me. And then they get through the obstacles and the big bad, you know, gauges again. Oh, they may be a brute force team. They may be either a hammer or a scalpel, yeah. as they it say. It could also be you know, where right. the
2: you know the ancient priests hid the, the weapon destined for the chosen one. And these traps are how they determine who is the chosen one. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Go back to Indiana Jones and yeah. the Last Crusade. You chose wisely. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, and uh, and I I know I have on when I ran D&D um uh campaigns, uh, on at least once every campaign, they would run into somebody that was supposed to be the biggest bad worst thing possible, and they finally run into them and they're like oh, yeah, well, you know, that's... I, I I placed those rumors. He says, I just wanted to see what you were capable of because there's some, there's some great deeds that need to be done, but they can't be done by idiots or they can't be done by weaklings, and you've proven yourself to be neither. So how would you like a job?
1: Meanwhile, they're, you know, got pinholes in them and... Frizzled hair from Electra We went through all that because you're trying. That was a one ad.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're recruiting. Yeah. This is this. Is the, we went through the second level of interviews. <laughs> it wasn't the second level. It was the, the second, second level, level of of interviews, interviews by going through
1: the ninth level of hell. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and you know, you've got some guy from the outer planes who's like, yes, you know, great things are afoot, and they need heroes, and you've proven yourself to be those. So yeah, I've done that. Uh, I had a whole, uh, you know, I had a whole fortress. One of the very first ones ever made was int- was the, uh, intentionally for that purpose, for them to, for, for adventurers to go and try to get in there and find the great treasures that were inside. And finally, at the end, when they confronted the big bad, the big bad said, "You know," he says, "I uh uh I, I you come so far. I'm very proud of you, and and uh, I'd like to." Uh, um, you know, send you uh um send jobs your way that would uh be of interest to you. Um, or we can fight, and I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, at this point, they have to say to themselves, "Well, you know, we think we can take him." Or okay, we we've already him? gotten
1: softened up enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, or he's kind of like, let's let him, let's let's. If he if he doesn't come through usually what it came down to is they said if he doesn't come through we can always come back and kill uh, and, and beat the dungeon again and kill him. But let's see if he can actually deliver on his promises because after all we went into his home. Now of course he killed everybody in this place before he took it over. so he's not considered a good guy.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you know I, it was the, it was the Elven Archer Academy. And the you know the Elven fortress, and basically everybody inside of it was killed or turned into a zombie or something like that, you know. And they're all and and half the party, of course, because it was first edition, were like we're Elves. It says he killed Elves. We can't work for him. And it's like you know, and there were people who wouldn't who wouldn't play ball. And that's, and that's fine, because, you know, there should be people who just won't play ball. You know, I'd rather walk through hell in gasoline armor than to <laughs> uh, kiss your ring. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that paladin, right? Okay, so uh, in the time we have left, uh, I know you guys have said that you've used some traps recently, and I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to talk about a trap you've used uh to good effect and uh and, you know and and how it uh how it added to the adventure uh and, and if it if it in fact matches up to the good and the bad we've just talked about uh Jonathan, I think you mentioned that you just did well
2: the the one that I have the most pride in is it was a simple um i want to say uh modern superheroes uh way back i think in the um marvel uh rpg and i think what it was it was it was just a simple capture trap they the heroes are going through the evil villain's uh lair and they they step on the wrong uh plate and they're stunned and dropped into a uh jail cell that just happened to be near the armory and of course one of them just happened to be able to be ethereal, and the villain didn't notice this before making his traps. So in that case, it was more of a a narrative to further along the story. It's like you're not really meant to go through this entire complex. You're meant to get captured, so that you have this instant shortcut to the big big bad. But that's I I, I honestly don't use traps that often anymore. The only time I really use traps are more of like the the booby traps in modern campaigns, where it's you know just a shotgun rigged to the door. It is That's a trap. still
1: considered a trap. It's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just because it's not as grandiose as, oh, the the massive pendulum or the 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 you know, oh, it summons an earth elemental. Still a trap. It kills
2: you. Yeah, It actually hurts hurts at the very least if you're not careful.
1: Yeah. All
2: right.
0: Okay. Um, trap. Do you have one?
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, when uh, Perky Goth and I started up the latest arc in our ever-expanding Maze World campaign that she and I have made. Um, The four humans, uh, well, you know, since I'm running it, I just basically play. Yeah, he's at con. It's me. You know, it's easy to play considering I'm running all the NBCs. His girlfriend, a cosplayer, a disgraced rock star, and a native survivor. They're in Calhoun, Georgia, so he lives in the mountains near Calhoun. The four of them find a cave in this mountain that shouldn't be there. There's an illusion there. And they pierce the illusion, they go in, and I used, you know, the simple cave-in collapse. You know, none of them had trap finding. And, yeah, they triggered it, suffered damage. They, you know, uh, I think one of them was conscious enough to get his friends out. And, yeah, so, but because that cave-in was meant to deter people, we pressed on and just since then... It was a hidden nation of dwarves and gnomes that lived underground under this mountain. And so now they have, you know, they prove themselves and now they've got, you know, cool tech and everything. But yeah, it was a simple cave and I didn't want anything too elaborate. But it was hidden by an illusion on the cave entrance that made it, and it was a, excuse me, it was even a tactile illusion. So you felt it, and it felt like rock. But that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, solid light holograms. That's how advanced these dwarves and gnomes were and then they got through it it's like okay you got through that and here comes the pain so i kind of did kind of two trap or a facade and then a trap i guess would be the best way to describe it
0: okay all right well now i, I don't want to say i'm going to show you all up but i mean the very thing you said nothing too complicated nothing too grandiose yes mine is
1: <laughs> oh here we go <laughs>
0: All right, so folks,
1: sit at the feet, feet of the master. We're gonna learn. He's gonna. Uh, what's that, Kid Rock phrase? Sit yourselves down, so he can blast you one. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right.
0: So they they walk. Uh, uh. Basically, they walk through a door, and there's a set of stairs, uh, going down to what appears to be like a rock garden. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not rock garden. Uh, a Zen garden, okay? okay? You've got all this sand, and there's swirling patterns all over the sand around all these statues of people that look like they're like recoiling away from something, and they're like you know covering their 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 heads and and stuff like that, and and, and their eyes, and and everyone's going, oh no, is there some kind of stoning? You know, uh, like like. Uh, uh, Medusa type creature here, you know. Oh no, we're we're gonna have to like you know pull out our mirrors and start looking through things and okay, you know which of course I uh, I'm doing this intentionally to mess with them, all right because uh, they're in essentially a pocket dimension where only technology works, uh-huh. okay. Because they're in this is in Bureau Thirteen, and they're used to having all this magic available to them. Thirteenth pocket. Uh, we got a guy who's a paladin. We got another guy who's playing a um, uh, he's playing a gremlin, so he has the ability to break things and make things seize up and such. Uh, we've got a, 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 a an elf who is in the herbalism. Uh, and we have this one guy who's basically just a big he loves guns. all right, you know, So we have all these characters that are used to using badge. and of course, they've got the bureau of goggles, they've yeah. got all this other stuff like that. They go into this place and magic doesn't work here. okay. The thing is is that it's a little bit deceiving because when they first go through the portal into this place, magic does still work because they're right next to the exit you know, in other words, the, the realities kind of blend a little yeah. bit yeah. right there. So you, but they start, as soon as they start moving further into this complex, it you know, uh, nothing magical works. And they just don't quite get that. Okay? They don't quite, you know, they don't understand why they're not getting any readings off their Karelian detectors. Because, you know, because even though that's, um, you know, uh, you know, the crystals are in it and the things work, it's, they're not picking up anything because their auras that they would normally have aren't showing. You know, the healing paladin can't, you know, he can't heal anybody for some reason. All of his auras he's used to having around him, he thinks they're working. They're not working. Okay, you know. Uh, anyways, the point is, so they come into this thing, and this is all going to be mechanical. But they're thinking magic. You know, Medusa's Things like that. And they start walking. And and so they start walking across the, uh, it's about a 100 foot across. It's a big room, you know, uh, uh, with all these statues in different places uh, across the sand, just waiting for something to happen. And, of course, it does. What happens is suddenly the sand essentially becomes almost insubstantial, and they fall all you know down a great a fair distance until they hit bottom but it's not they don't fall so fast that they hurt themselves they're just at the bottom surrounded by this basically this complete white out of white um uh, uh, quartz sand whipping all around them scoring their eyeglasses you know stuff like that they can't breathe it because then it'd be just like breathing glass into their lungs yeah Okay, they can't see anything. Uh, You know, they 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 have no idea what's going on. They can still talk to each other. They just can't contact the bureau because they're in another dimension. So one guy, you know, he's like, "Okay, I got this fixed. Uh, uh, I I'm gonna kick off my jet boots and fly out of here," which works fine flies right up through the sand, flies out of the sand all the way up, smashes into the ceiling, grabs onto some bars that are up there and is just hanging up there, okay? Somebody else um, manages to, uh, uh, when this first happened, he manages to grab onto one of the statues and pull himself up onto it. So he's now on top of the statue with this boiling sea all around them, okay? Okay. Then we have two other characters who are at the bottom of all this. They don't know what to do, okay? They're really lost, okay? One one person says, I'm going to go and I'm going to drop a rope down to them because apparently this stuff, you know, is, is kind of insubstantial, okay? The thing is that they don't know where it is. They don't know where this person is who's dropping it to them. Okay. So they're like wandering around, still holding their breath, by the way, wandering around, (laughs) trying not to breathe, trying not to run out of air. Okay. And they can't find anything because these statues go down, let's say about 10 feet. And then they come to a grid of uh, steel support beams that cross this area of sand. And, and, and provide and to the walls and provide support for all these things and everything. And then below it is nothing, but just empty sand. There's nothing down there except, uh, a couple, except for a couple of things that are sticking out that they don't know that, like I said, you find these, these, these tubes, you find these like pipes and they're like, I'll climb the pipe. I said, no, it's horizontal. And like, i like, I don't know what that means. I said, they go a, oh. along the floor. Okay and they're like like i i i'm looking for a way out i'm looking for a way up this isn't helping me so they finally you know everybody but one person manages to get their get up above the surface of the of the sand and uh, the uh, uh and he goes around and he finds this little it's the gnome not the gnome the uh, the the gremlin finds this little opening this little tube pipe that's about two feet wide. And it goes down through it, and it comes out, and it basically the sand is coming out and falling into this room where it's being basically augered together and put into this machine that's then blowing it back into the room. What this is is that this is a, a, a trap where they're blowing high-pressure air into a sand pile and it causes the, you know, the, the the grains of sand to separate from each other and to become, you know, basically nothing more than thick water. What happens though is, is that as soon as you turn off the air, they solidify immediately and anything that was down below, if they would have turned this off, would have been trapped Unable to move in tons of sand. I was actually just going to let, I was going to see whether they could get out before they suffocated. They managed to do that. They were also like, well, how do we get across this room? It's now, so I, I, you know, it was, it was done intentionally to basically stop intruders, you know, and it was, and, but it was also there to teach them that a magic doesn't work because at no time did they ever find any magic. This room, though they thought it was magic considering what was going on, you know, even when they saw this big, you know, compressor type device in the other room with a big box that they pulled the lever on to shut the power off to, okay, they still weren't quite sure there wasn't any magic, but none of their magical effects worked. It was supposed to say, This guy understands technology, this guy understands physics, this guy. Put a lot of effort into making this rather elaborate trap. He's basically thumbing his nose at us. He's saying, I'm so smart and you're so dumb. Okay. And which is exactly what he was doing. So I was using it to try to teach them about the guy. Cause I thought that they might actually run into him at some point. Um, and, um, and, and, and to deal and, and how, how to expect him to be yeah. you know, like a super, e- super egotist. Okay, but at the same time, is that he figured out a way of doing all this without using any magic because he doesn't understand magic. It's all tech for him. Okay, and um, so you know, I would say, how can I make a trap, a modern trap that's going to work for all these people? You know, it's going to be like like a a, a basic D D type trap. And that's when I came, that's what I remembered that, that, uh, it was from watching some stuff on YouTube, by the way. Ah. Uh, you know, this guy basically takes a, uh, hot tub and he puts this, uh, uh, set of pipes across the bottom to a big air compressor and he blows the air through the sand. And while that's going, he's sitting in there just like he's in a hot tub and just starts boiling all around him. And he's got his friends in there. And then he goes and basically takes a switch, shuts off the compressor, they're stuck. They can't get out of the sand. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, if their hands were below the... If their arms were below the level of the surface, they're stuck. He, they can't get their legs... They can't move their legs. Their legs are encased. Oh, I mean, geez. in sand. It's, there's no loose sand. This beca- Because when this thing settles, it settles
1: compact.
0: Yeah. Okay, so... And that's what this guy had done. He basically created this ginormous sand trap, you know, and he was saying, was this, you know, it's like quicksand. I said, well, not really Quicksand's different. It doesn't look like quicksand. It doesn't act like quicksand, at least what you've seen in movies and such, but it is, you are falling through it. So what do you think? You know, and, some of the players had actually had seen those YouTube videos, so when I finally, at the end of it, explained it to them what it did, they're like, "Oh, now I know what was going on." So, but they also, you know, the fact that I made it so that all those statues that they thought were being supported by pillars, they're running around trying to find the pillars under the, you know, uh, uh, under under the sand without being able to see, and they're not finding any pillars, and it's driving them crazy. <laughs> And they're running out of air. So,
1: yeah. Anyways, yeah.
0: It's just uh, so that was my trap. And I did that like mm-hmm. a, uh, a week ago, Tuesday.
1: So, uh, okay. If and- there was ever an excuse why you don't tune into my show, that is that there, right there. You just hurt. You're out with all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Feel free to put that into your dungeon because it's, it's entirely it's- mechanical. And it isn't magical. And anybody who has, as you say, that's, uh, you know, gnome level of tech or higher would be able to do this. It's just like everything else. You know, until somebody invents it, nobody knows you can do it.
1: I, I take it that you could probably just look up sand hot tub on YouTube and find this video. Yes. Okay. Yes, All absolutely. Right. Yeah.
0: Sand and hot tub will probably get, to, get yeah. you to it. Jeez.
1: Matter
0: of fact, I'll do that right now just to test just a Just to, to check, that. yeah let me just go and see that because i mean i have it on my my watch it later list Well, yeah. so I, let's see sand hot tubs
2: yeah i think i have seen that video actually i think yeah it.
0: there it is liquid sand hot tub there's like uh there's two of them a hot tub filled with liquid sand outrageous acts of science and liquid sand hot tub fluidized air bed yeah the
1: fluidized air is the first one that came up on my right. list yeah
0: so yeah this is he says, "I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. And believe me, you know you can have fun with your characters. Also, Say, yeah, that sand is everywhere. It's in your armors and your in your various armpits, cracks, beards. You know everything. Yeah. You're, you're now real.'" Yeah, you you can't seem to get rid of this stuff. It just keeps every time you turn around it's like draining out of your 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 your, your arm. It's like glitter. Your, 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 yeah, your, yeah. Your, it's like glitter. Yeah, oh, yeah, like glitter, like a glitter bomb. You every time you think you've got it all there's still more. So yeah. And cuz and this was really fine sand too. So, you know, but anyways, uh yeah, so I did that. Jeez. So anyways, folks, I hope that this has inspired you to do something crazy fun with traps. But for the right reasons. You know, do it to enhance the game. Do it to let the players shine. Do it to uh make, you know, make your bad guys, you know, make sense. Uh, and, but do it. Because traps aren't a bad thing. They're lots of fun. And they're, as we say, and it's tradition. But we'll have more for you. Next week, but you'll have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them.
1: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast.